What is up and welcome back to the ANA Sports Show. I am your host, Anthony Cortez, and I'm joined alongside my good friend and co-host this week, Mr. Kevin Rowe. You're welcome. Appreciate you showing up, Kev. The only one that did show up. The only one that did show up this week. Right. It's just us this week, folks. Uh, Alex is taking the week off. Um, I'll be back next week. Um, but we're recording this on a Thursday, and we're currently watching Thursday Night Football, Week 14, um, Vikings and Steelers. Vikings are up 16-0 as, a, as we're watching this, like I said. Um, a little bit of delay recording the, recording this week. We, um, we had to cancel uh, Tuesday, our normal day, and then we decided, okay, well, we can do Thursday. Um, and then Alex just had to take the rest of the week off, so... Kevin and I are gonna are gonna rock it for because uh, we just wanted to put something out this week. So Kevin and I are gonna rock it. I don't have any useless information, Kev, besides the obvious. Um, uh, I do want to wait to um, talk CFP once Alex gets back next week, and we can we can predict the bowls. But uh, the only useless information that I have this week is that uh, so the bowl games are out. The CFP the final CFP rankings are out. Um, there might have been some surprises in there, um, but uh, the number one overall team in the country now is Alabama. No surprise. Number two, um, after winning the Big Ten championship, Michigan finds itself in the number two spot. Um, Georgia falls down to three after losing the SEC championship to Alabama. And Alex actually called that one. He said he said Georgia wasn't beating Bama in the SEC championship. And who knows? Or who knew? So, yeah. And then lastly, um, history in the making here, a group five team actually makes the college football playoffs. Uh, Cincinnati earns the top, the top four seed. Um, in the end, they kind of controlled their own destiny. They just had to win out and, you know, they, they were kind of, I think people are still griping over the fact that, you know, oh, if anything else happens differently then they, then they probably get in or then they probably don't get in. Like for example, if local, if Oklahoma state, uh, beat Baylor in the Big 12 championship that they probably get in or they, you know, the committee finds a way to get them in or so on and so forth. But anyways, history is history is made Cincinnati, the first group of five teams to make the CFP in its eight year run or however long the CFP has been around. I, I think it's eight years. I heard it somewhere. Um, but yeah, initial thoughts on the CFP, Kev? We can I mean, we can wait to elaborate, but just initial thoughts. I mean, I'm glad they finally put a group of five school in there. Right, they deserved it going undefeated. Right, uh, and, and it's beating like, two ranked teams in the process. They beat Notre Dame when they were ranked pretty high up. I don't remember what they were ranked at the time, and then they beat Houston in their conference championship game. So, yeah, yeah, Houston right. was a pretty darn school, winning eleven in a row coming into that game. So, yeah, Cincinnati well deserved. Um, they've. They finished off with um, with a perfect well, not with a perfect season last year, but they were undefeated up until the up until the the bowl game against Georgia last year, in which they actually played a close game and just lost on the last second field goal, I believe. So, you know, there like I said, there's people out there that are still saying, you know, the it just needs to be expanded in general, and it does. Um, yeah. It does. It does need to be expanded in general, and um i don't know if you saw it but the committee met um i think last week or sometime about you know a possible expansion and just no 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 um movement i guess is i don't know i'm trying to find the right word but no progress progress that's a better word no progress has been made they're saying you know everything it's just all too complicated to move around right now 
I don't see how it's complicated. You just simply expand it and fit and just make the other bowl games, you know, the playoff games. Like it's not hard anyways. Um, but I think the, the hard thing about that is I, that I will give this to them is that it's um, you kind of have to, you would have to shorten the season, I think. Um, so that might be the only thing, but anyways, we can wait to elaborate on that. Um, let's talk some NFL. Uh, we are, we're Thursday night football. We're watching Thursday night football in week, week 14. So it would have been week 13 that we're talking about. And we had our pick'em games in which I went four and one, not bragging at all. Mm-hmm. Um, of course not. No, no. I, I can't do shit in fantasy, but I can, I can, I can, I, I can predict some games. <laughs> I hope you gave up in fantasy. Right. Yeah. Don't tell me, don't ask me how that works. Don't ask me how I'm so good in pick'ems and, and, and um, I do terrible in fantasy. Don't ask me how that works. I just, whatever. But anyways, our pick'em <laughs> games were the Bengals. Uh, Bengals played. Remind me, Kev, who the Bengals play? Uh, Bengals played the Chargers. Bengals played the Chargers, and uh, I think we all picked the Bengals actually, and we lost. Yeah, that we all did, and we all lost. Chargers won forty-one to twenty-two. Uh, Chargers are a very inconsistent team. It's hard to peg them now. It really is, man. It really is. It's like it's you. It's like you want to have confidence in them, but. You know, they're kind of up and down there. So um, our second started off really good. And then it's just been. Yeah, they've had a good games and they've had bad games, including yeah. losing to teams like the Jets. But then they come back and beat the Bengals team that's seven and five or seven and four coming into this game. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Right. And Herbert's, I mean, dude, Herbert's a. Herbert's a beast. Herbert is a beast. There's, yeah, I'm trying to find the right adjective, but yeah, you, you're right. Herbert's a beast, dude. He, that is that dude is an NFL quarterback, and yeah, he's yeah. If he gets if, if he has the weapons around him, which I mean he he, he does. Um, he does. He's got Joe Mixon. He's got Jamar Chase now. Now he just needs an offensive line to really solidify that offense, and uh, I think he'll be in good shape. Because yeah. you got good wide receiving options in, like I said, Chase, but you also have T. Higgins and uh, and Boykin. And, yeah, I mean, if they can just get that offensive line settled to where he's not running for his life or getting on his back, uh, he, he's in good shape. So are they, he, the Bengals are in good shape. Yeah, because he's a pocket passer. I mean, I, I've seen him run a few times, but, you know, the running is not his strength. He's obviously got a cannon for, for an arm, so if they can at least protect him. <clears throat> And give them some time to throw in that pocket, you know. That's a dangerous offense. Yep. Um, our next game was Washington against the Raiders. Um, we both picked Washington and got that and and won. Um, did you get a chance to watch that game at all? I did not, but I know Washington came into this game. Um, I wouldn't call them hot, but they've been I'll call them lukewarm. <laughs> and the Raiders are just well, the Raiders in December. Yeah. <laughs> what need I say more? Yeah, exactly. Um, last game was the Patriots against the uh, Bills, I believe is what it was. Patriots went into Buffalo and got a got a pretty big win after only running or only passing the ball three times. I think they 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 passed the ball a grand total of three times. Bill yep. said, 
we're going to beat you. We're going to beat you on the run. And he sure enough did, man. Um, literally ran over the Bills defense. Literally, quite literally. Uh, Mac Jones didn't have to show off that arm, didn't have to didn't have to cut up that defense with the, with the short game at all. Um, I got to watch pretty much the, la- the uh, pretty much, uh, well, the later half of the fourth quarter of that. And yeah, after after seeing on Twitter that they were just pretty much dominating the run the whole game. Josh Allen and the Bills had a chance to come down, I think, with like the two with the two minute drill and, and score a go ahead uh, or win, yeah, a winning touchdown. But they couldn't get it. They couldn't get in the end zone. So um, and I think they went for it on fourth and I think they went for it on fourth and fourth and whatever it was. It wasn't fourth and goal, but it was it was fourth down and um, the Pats held them up. So, yeah, that was our last that was our last pick em game. Um you had the Colts as your as your lock, correct? Or no, no, no. I'm looking at this week. Sorry, you sent you already sent this. Week. No, I I had the Colts as my lock last week. Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Colts um, were my lock. Uh, I mean, the Colts were playing the Texans, and uh, the Texans, while the record doesn't show it, they are probably the worst team in the league, uh, at least personnel wise. So. Yeah. And the Colts came into this game pretty hot. I mean, I think they lost the previous week against a really good team. Uh, who did they play the previous week? It was the the Buccaneers, right? I honestly don't know. They played the Buccaneers and lost by touchdown. But they came into this going against a strong Super Bowl contender to the uh, – literally the bottom of the of the barrel for NFL teams. And, yeah, you, you could just see this writing on the wall. This wasn't going to be pretty. And it wasn't. 31 to nothing. 31 nothing. Uh, you had the, uh, the Hawks as your upset, and you actually won that game. So, mm-hmm. bravo to you for that. 40, or, sorry, the Hawks, uh, the Hawks beat the 49ers at home. Did you get a chance to watch that one? I did not, but I had a feeling about uh, Russell Wilson – finally starting to get his groove back a little bit with Lockett and Metcalf and why there's still a lot to be uh, desired in, in that front. They were able to hold off the 49ers and win it by a touchdown. I just don't trust the 49ers. I have it all year. And sure enough, they laid an egg against the Seahawks. So, yeah. Um, I had the Chiefs as my lock, which I won. Uh, they beat the Broncos at home, twenty-two to nine. Chiefs are still kind of hard to tell for me. They're hard to judge. I mean, it seems like they've gotten their mojo back, but I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I picked them obviously in this game just because you trust the, you trust the Chiefs a little bit more than you trust the Broncos. At least I do. Um, is this? Um, what is this more like do you the, want from them? They won five in a row now. I was gonna ask: Is this their how many games in a row is this for them? So this is twenty. Yeah, this is five games in a row. I mean, yeah. they're the Chiefs, man. They, you know, they are. They are who they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> what more do I want from them? Um, not sure, Kev. Honestly, it's like I know they started the season three and four, but winning five in a row is a big deal. Yeah, winning five in a row is a big deal. And who they actually have this week? They have. Well, I'm not going to get it. Raiders. No. That's a W. Yeah. Um, and, and then again, like I said, with the Raiders, it's the Raiders in December, so the Chiefs have a pretty good shot at that. Yeah, <laughs> making a six. And then I had uh, the 
<laughs> I looked at the schedule, man, and I was like, huh, the Lions are at home against the Vikings. If there's any week that they can do it, it's got to be this week. And sure enough, man, <laughs> I don't know how I called that right, but I did. Lions finally get their first win of the season at home against the Vikings, 29-27. Um, actually, a very close and interesting game. Um, I kind of I, – I, I watched the end of it as I, when I saw the score, and I was like, whoa, hey. So, um, I think the Vikings actually – no. Yeah, the Lions actually – or the Vikings scored a go-ahead touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, and then the Lions got the ball with – about a minute and something left and went down and scored, right? Yeah. So that made me happy. <laughs> we can talk about Alex's game since he's not out, but uh, he had the Bengals. He had a rough week. Um, he went two of three. He had the Rams, Broncos, Bengals, Raiders, and Patriots and, and won the Rams and Patriots. Um, any other thoughts on any of the other games, man? Did you did you see anything interesting over the weekend? Going back to the Vikings one, I wish I had the stat, but once again, they lost the game on the final play of the game. They've had the majority of their games decided on the final play of the game, regardless one way or the other. It, it, it's crazy how close the Vikings are playing these games. And yeah. it's just, it's not going their way for the most of them. I mean, it's like I said last week or the week before, the Vikings, you would think, are one of those teams that they should be competitive and they should be there. They Like, they should be there every year as far as contenders goes. But they're not scary. Like, I can't trust them because they're not scary, man. You know? Yeah. I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to call it with them. I don't know. I think uh, what's-his-face is going to be on the hot seat this season or after that. What's his – I can't think of his name now. Uh, the coach, the, the coach over there. Yeah, I don't know his name either. I know his name too. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it's. He's, gotta, I, I, he's probably going to lose his job. I mean, he's, he's been, been there the, long enough. He has not really progressed in the in the in the. Uh, postseason i don't see how he can do it mike zimmer there you go mike zimmer i don't see how he can excuse me bless you thank you i don't see how he can keep his job after last season's uh disappointing finish and then this season's inconsistency when you have good players in dalvin cook you have kirk cousins you have uh, you have justin jefferson adam thielen you have a pretty good defense i mean it's what is going on? <laughs> Not sure, man. Yeah, I think they just need a new coach to kind of bring it all together. New blood in there, something to figure it out. Yeah. Hey, what do you make of the Bills? They 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 were off to a, a pretty hot start after losing opening week. After losing week one, they won uh, four in a row. But then after that, they've literally been up and down every week. They've literally gone win loss, win loss since week uh, week six, weeks five, week five. Really, they lost week six, and then they had to buy a week seven. But they've literally won loss, won loss, one loss. What do you make of this team? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. I don't see them going to Tampa Bay and winning and winning this week. Well. They finish off with Tampa Bay, 
Carolina at home, at New England, uh, at home against the Falcons, and at home against the Jets. I probably see that's a that's a prop that's it's a pretty well, winnable schedule. So I mean, yeah. you can win at least win three of those next five. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm gonna say. I th- I see three wins right there. Um, no, I actually have them as my upset this week. But I, the amount of confidence I have in that pick is not very high. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bills are very inconsistent. I mean, it's – they – it all rests on the arm of Josh Allen. If he's not completing uh, passes on a high level, then they're going to lose the game um, because they don't have a running game. Singletary really hasn't set up. Zach Moss is – been relegated to a healthy scratch a couple times already this season. So, I mean, they don't have a running game. And then you can just look at the last game against the Patriots. Yeah, the, the weather was a factor in, like, 50-mile-an-hour gusts, but he only threw for 50% on his passing. So that's not going to win you games. So the it, it really rests on Josh Allen's arm. Yeah, I think they, I think they possibly put too much on him because you you can't you can't do it all with the passing game, man. And he can't do it all. He can't do it all on his feet either. Like he he needs help with the running game. I don't think they address the running game. Mm-mm. That's Again, why I had them actually picking a a uh, running back in the first round of the draft, but they never did. So yeah. You gotta find I a way to they need to address that in this coming draft. They definitely need a running back. You know, like you gotta you gotta you gotta balance that. He can't do it all on the arm and he can't do it all on the legs, man. Yeah. You gotta balance that. So how'd you feel about your cowboys picking up a win on the road? I felt good about that one finally because the past few weeks they haven't looked good. Dak Prescott still didn't look very good, but the defense really stepped up and made it look good. Uh, Micah Parsons is an absolute beast. They had uh, two interceptions of Taysom Hill. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it's the defense really, really showing up good for the, for the Cowboys this season. A lot better than last year. You think Micah Parsons has a chance to win rookie of the year? Oh, absolutely. I, I think he's the clear favorite right now. Right. For the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. I don't see anybody close to him. Patrick Sertan would probably be the, the number, the runner up in that regard, but he's even, he's not on Parsons level this year. Parsons is just, yeah, I feel like anytime you tune a, you tune a Cowboys game and he's, he's making plays. Oh Yeah. You know, the games uh... – I'll say this, too, about the defense. Dan Quinn came in and was the interim coach for that game since Mike McCarthy was out. Uh, Why was was McCarthy out? COVID. Was he really? Oh, wow. But Dan Quinn has been incredible for this team. He is going to be the the winner of the coordinator of the year award, whatever that is. Because there's a coordinator of the year award. I think there is. I'm pretty sure there is. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because I mean, 
And if there isn't, they should make one just for him because he deserves it this year. <laughs> he has been just he has flipped this defense around so much from last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some calls for head coaching jobs again. Oh, he's gonna. You got you, you gotta imagine he's gonna. Oh yeah. Do you turn him down though? Is the is the, uh, is the thing. I mean, obviously you gotta you gotta look at him, so. Trying to see any other games that caught my eye. I didn't. I mean, kind of touched on everything, really. Anything else for you? No, that seems like pretty much the big ones that any kind of surprises or anything like that. Oh, I'll give you one: uh, Steelers Ravens. Oh yeah, Steelers that won that game twenty to nineteen on a missed two point conversion by the Ravens. You like that call? Which call? Do you, do you like that call going for two there at the end of the game? Oh, to win it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually do. I, I, I do because you got you to gotta, you, you gotta play not to be – or you got to – yeah. You have to play not to be afraid to lose, man. And they did. And, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out for them. I, uh, so I don't, I don't mind the call. I like the call, but I like it for a different reason because their defense has really struggled there in the fourth quarter. They the Steelers went down and scored three times in the in the fourth quarter alone, so they hadn't shown that they could stop them. If the Steelers had gotten the ball in overtime, it would have been game over. Steelers would have won anyway because so. the defense just couldn't stop them there in the fourth quarter. They gave up 17 points, so two touchdowns and a field goal there at the end of the game to the Steelers for them to take the lead. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I agree with them. You got to go for two in that scenario because if you go for the tie, you're going to lose later on. <laughs> play to win, man. Play to win. Yep. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. Uh, we can preview week 14 now since we've already made our pick'em games. Um we have – who do we have this week? We have – you sent it to me. I know you did. There we are. Ravens-Browns. We have, yeah, Ravens-Browns, uh, Bengals, and well, – Bengals-49ers. And then Cardinals-Rams. For my – for thinking? my – What's huh? you thinking of those three? Ravens-Browns, what's your thought process? I just trust the Ravens a little bit more than I trust the Browns right now. Okay. I picked the Browns in this one. And I'm going to be honest. I kind of went against you specifically so I could try to catch you. But <laughs> I also like the Browns in this one because their last game that they played was against the Ravens, which they lost by six points. So they've had two full weeks to look over their game tape with the Ravens and – prepare for the Ravens again since they played them back-to-back. The Ravens had to face another team in between there uh, in the Steelers, and now they have to go back to the Browns. Oh, so, this was that interesting situation we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm actually taking the Browns in this one because they've been able to prepare for this team after seeing what mistakes they made against them already. That's fair. That's actually really smart, too. I didn't even realize that. We'll see, man. We'll see how that goes. Yep. 
Bengals 49ers. Why'd you take the Niners? Again, just to go against you. <laughs> um, both teams have been kind of inconsistent. I don't think the 49ers are going to give up another loss after losing to the Seahawks last week, even though they're going cross country to Cincinnati. Um, and Cincinnati, like you said, has just been kind of inconsistent lately. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I like the I like the fact that Debo Samuel's supposed to come back into this game for the 49ers. He missed the game against the Seahawks, and he's been a difference maker for San Francisco this season, whether it be lining up in the backfield or spreading them out wide. Because um, the last game he played, he was pretty much strictly a running back for them, even though he's a wide receiver. He was played strictly running back pretty much for them. And he went almost 100 yards, two touchdowns. Rushing, and then when you put him as a wide receiver in the slot or just going out deep, this guy's burning you for 120 and two touchdowns that way. So, Debo Samuel's had an incredible season this season, and he's supposed to come back from injury this week. So, we'll see. Cardinals and Rams. I'm, I'm guessing you took the the Cardinals just to go against me too. Well, Cardinals are good, man. Cardinals are very good, and the yeah. Rams. The Rams can stop the run, but I feel like they struggle a little bit in pass coverage. Even though they have Jalen Ramsey, I don't if you can if you can't contain Kyler Murray, they're not gonna win. And I don't think the Rams can contain him. Not enough to keep them from scoring. No. <clears throat> so. Not even not even with Von Miller and um Aaron Darnold? Is that his name? Aaron Donald. 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 Whatever. That big dude, number 99 for the Rams. Yep. Yeah, that big dude. (laughs) Aaron Darnold. Yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible, man. But I don't know. Kyler Murray's fast. He's hard (laughs) to get down. That's true. Don't get me wrong. I I, I think they'll get a couple sacks out of him, two or three. But I don't think it's going to be enough to stop him. I, I predict Kyler Murray's going to throw for 280 and rush for 70 yards. It's in and Arizona, have, too, right? Yeah, it's in Arizona. Yeah. I think he's going to have two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. That's my prediction for that game. What did I say? 280 and 70, two and one. Okay. Uh, for my locks and upsets, I'm going. I'm going Packers uh, at home against the Browns um, for obvious reasons. Just because why wouldn't you? And then the Texans are my upset. I'm. I don't know why, but I just have a strange feeling at home against the Seahawks. I mean, if there's any game you can pull off an upset, maybe it's this one. It's uh, Packers versus Bears. Bears. Sorry, Packers Bears. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Packers Bears, yeah, for obvious reasons. Again, you just, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a rivalry game, but, but yeah, as Aaron Rodgers so eloquently uh, stated in Chicago, he owns them. (laughs) So, what do you make? What do you make of Aaron Rodgers, man? Like, do you? For me, like, I I don't know how to put it into words when when uh, when we're here with Alex, but like, I. 
I get it. Like he came back and he's, you know, I, I question his, I question his investment in the Packers only because like, I just don't know what to believe with him. But I mean, here they are having another great season because he's a dangerous man, but like, and he makes comments like, Oh, I, st- I still own you bears, but I just, I don't know, man. I like, I don't, is Aaron Rodgers that good enough to where you can just kind of like go through the motions and and have great seasons without even caring about? I mean, I'm sure there's teammates that he cares about, but you know what I mean? Like, do you know what? Yeah, you're nodding in your head like you know what I mean. Thank you. Yes, hundred percent. You can, but it takes that next level to actually win all those championships. I think that's why he's only won one. Now, granted, he's had some issues on with uh, uh, some help on the outside. And with coaching, but you need that next level uh, it factor. And while Aaron Rodgers is one of the best in the game, when it comes right down to it, right at the end of the season, NFC Championship or whatever, something happens, and it's it's almost like it, it, it's almost like he's like we all know Aaron Rodgers is good. We all know how good he is because obviously they are who they are. They're you know another great season. But it's almost like his heart isn't in Green Bay anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, for for sure. Yeah. Like his heart's not there anymore. So that, you know, that's kind of like, I guess that would be the it factor that you're mentioning that would be people ask, well, what does what does heart have to do with winning? Ch-? I mean, <laughs> everything really. It's a motivation type thing, really. Yeah. Exactly. It's motivation. It's like if you're if you if you're kind of just going through the motions because you know that you you know you're that good, okay, yes, you can get away with winning seasons. You know, you can get away with going to the playoffs and having you know and having good play and having good playoff runs. But if your heart's not in it, man, maybe that's what's holding you back with with not having one more at least one more Super Bowl. You know, he needs something stronger than wanting to win it for himself. He needs to win it for his teammates. He needs to win it for his coach. He needs to win it for his city. Yeah. And that's what you see from all of these other multiple time champions. And I include Tom Brady in that regard. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. That's a great. Because I mean, he showed that in, in New England. Yeah. He left for Tampa Bay, but he played for those guys there in Tampa Bay. Exactly. You know, and he played exactly. for that city in Tampa Bay. Because he knew how to put the city on his shoulders. I don't think Green, I don't think. Aaron Rodgers knows how to do that or wants to do that. And I think that's what's kind of holding him back a little bit. I'll ask you this and I'll ask Alex next week because I'm very curious to see how he feels about this whole topic in general. But if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, where, where else do you see him as a fit? Well, Denver was talked about multiple times in the offseason. Um Denver would be a good pick, uh, possibly Carolina. And I'm looking at teams that are maybe like a piece or two away, including quarterback, because he's not going to want to go to a full rebuild. He's not going to, like, Houston because he's 49ers? getting towards the end of it. Hmm? 49ers? 49ers would be a good one, yeah, where they have probably a average to strong defense and – Average to strong pieces around the quarterback position. They have yeah. pieces. They have pieces in place where you could potentially go get more pieces too. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, 49ers is a good one. Um, if you want, 
the only reason I would say the 49ers no is because they just used a lot of draft capital in Trey Lance to be their next quarterback. Yeah. Now, if you want him to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and learn from him, okay, but you already have him behind Garoppolo for that. So I don't know if that's going to be in the cards for them. Um, let's see. What would be another team? You wouldn't go to Chicago. <laughs> no, because they just spent draft capital on theirs. Maybe New York, the Giants. Maybe. They're a little bit further down the list, but they do have some pieces up there that could be a weapon. And he's not going anywhere that's already set with a QB. And I don't think they're sold on Danny Jones up there. No. No. What about the Saints? That's a good one. Saints is a very good one. You know, they're they're just a quarterback away, really, is what they're is what they're missing. Yeah. Interesting. Uh there's some interesting scenarios out there. That's for sure. Absolutely. It's hard to picture Aaron Rodgers in another jersey, though, isn't it? I can't. I can't. Like, like right? You I can't. said the same thing about Tom Brady two years ago. You know? Like, you can't picture Tim Duncan in another jersey. It's just you You just don't do it. You can't do it. You can't and, do it until it happens. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not even saying Aaron Rodgers is near the is near the type of player that Tim, that Tim Duncan is. Don't get me wrong, people out there, for all of our six listeners. Yes, we all know, like I've said multiple times, Aaron Rodgers is a dangerous man. Dude is very, very good at football and what he does, but but to be potentially one of the best in your position of all time, Tim Duncan hasn't beat. Oh, by, by far, by far. It's just it's it's that X factor, like you said. It's that if factor, man. You know, great. Some some of the greats have it, others don't, and this is just one of those examples. It's not a knock against Aaron Rodgers. Like it's you know, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, but you know. I feel like that is what's missing from him as far as why he doesn't have more rings. Because was it was it a year ago or was it two years ago that they that they were just unbeatable? Like they were when he was having multiple 200 to 200 to 300 yards passing games, like I think it was last yeah, year. Last year he won the MVP. You know, like yes, exactly. I mean <laughs> yeah. And you just lose, you lose to all people. You lose to Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game, you know? Yeah. At home, at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Call it what you will with a coaching decision in that game, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, that's enough NFL for this week. Um, we're going to talk some baseball, and we're just going to go straight into it. But real quick before we do so, I'm going to mention my friends or our friends, I should say, at Baseballism. They're an all-baseball-related apparel and the cuddly company for baseball people. If you're a baseball fan, you should be wearing Baseballism. It's that simple. It's America's brand, the official off-the-field brand for baseball. And speaking of that, very exciting news out of the Baseballism camp over there, the Baseballism company. I'm not sure if you saw, if you saw this, Kevin, or if you um, follow their emails at all, but they actually – so they, you know how they've been collaborating with like Ken Griffey and Babe, they have all their collaborations out. They actually mm-hmm. just announced a partnership with, with actually like with actual major league baseball. Um, the first collection is dropping December 10th, which is, or December 11th, sorry, which is I believe Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Saturday. So it's a full collaboration with major league baseball that they'll be, that they'll be doing. And I, so for all of our listeners out there that have, 
heard every you know every week what i what i say about this company what they do is like they release baseball related apparel company they, or they release baseball related apparel they don't actually like release like actual team apparel so it's like it's kind of like fun designs that are are baseball related but this actually will be um team related now so i'm where I, I i this is at least what it sounds like it will be so yeah with this collaboration dropping this saturday um just watch out for that because it should be very exciting i'm, I'm kind of i'm very curious to see if they're coming out with the whole collection for all 30 teams or all 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 the teams whatever it is um but yeah it's very exciting uh, over there so and for our first time shoppers use our code aa sports our initials aasbortz for a 15 that's one five percent discount off your first order um so go spend something man for all the for all of our, our first time listeners out there first time shoppers out there with baseballism go support them because they do still need your support and while I'm at it, please, I say this every week, but please continue to support your local and small businesses out there, wherever you may be. Any, if you go to a local restaurant that is one of your favorites and you want to support them, support them, man, because I guarantee you they're shorthanded. Everybody's shorthanded still. We're still dealing with the pandemic. We're just, unfortunately, people not wanting to work. But, you know, it is what it is. So just please keep supporting your local and small businesses, whoever whoever they are out there, and support baseball because they support us. And watch out for that. Uh, Watch out for that Major League Baseball collaboration this weekend. All right, Kev. So unfortunate news coming out of Major League Baseball. I think it was last week or the news broke sometime this past week. Um, but the commissioner officially announced the, that the owners voted um, to go, basically go into a lockout. Um, yeah, it's not so much that the owners voted. It's just MLB and the owners did not come to an agreement with the MLB Players Association. Therefore, the collective bargaining agreement expired. Therefore, an automatic lockout. There we go. So in your simplest forms, for those of us that, you know, don't know what a collective bargaining agreement is and, you know, why there's been so much tension the past two two seasons. Yeah. Explain what all this is. Like, why why are the two sides just, just butting heads with no signs of, with no signs of progress, just at all um, showing. Simplest terms, the MLB Players Association, if you are a a player for Major League Baseball, you are part of a union. And as a union, you have certain rights and uh, privileges that are negotiated upon with the league. And those negotiations uh, are done in the collective bargaining agreement which is done roughly every three to five years, depending on how long they decide to do it for. I think it's five. Um, right now, the two sides are kind of at odds with what they want to per- give to the players, basically. So, like, the, um, the MLBPA still wants six-year free agency. Um which was, which is something that they've had since 1976. They want Super 2 eligibility, which is something they've had since 1990. And revenue sharing, um, which has been part since 2002. Um, so basically, they want to stand pat with what they've been given in the past. MLB is coming back and trying to scale some of that back and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, 2020's pandemic year and losing money from not having fans in the stands 
Um, but they're trying to make some concessions to the players. Uh, they want to eliminate the qualifying offer, um, which would also remove the draft pick compensation attached to a free agent. Um, they want to do a draft lottery similar to what the NBA does. They want to implement the universal DH, which would give um, 15 new everyday jobs to hitters in the National League, which would add probably another, let's see, the DH average salary of $9.2 million uh, in, the, in the league last year. So that adds 15 more DH spots where people may be making an average of $9.2 million for an everyday job versus being coming off, off the bench. Um, they want – they're willing to increase the minimum player salary and increase the CBT threshold. Um, so MLB is throwing out some concessions, but some of the other things that they're fighting back on, um, the players association isn't happy with. So until they can come to an agreement on this deal, we're in a lockout. So no free agents are going to be signed. No trades are going to be made. Nothing player related is going to get done until an agreement is done. Which is unfortunate. And, yeah, and given the the past, uh, given the past negotiations over the last two years on different things, it doesn't look likely it's going to be anytime soon. And where are you with it? Where, like, are and I know in, in our text that you've said you're kind of, you know, it's it's on both sides. It's not like you know, you can favor any side over the other. Obviously, we all want baseball. Um, but where are you with it? I do think it's on both sides. Um, both sides do need to make concessions. And like I said, MLB is trying to give out some concessions. But what it, this article that I'm reading, which is on MLB.com, so it's a little bit biased. Um, what they're failing to do is some of these other things that they're implementing and want to take away actually takes away money from the players or at least like the top tier players, the ones that are making more of the money. Um, so like the, they're trying to increase player control uh, throughout, like, let's see, I was showing like six year free agency for the, for the players. Yeah, by the way, what they want to stick with. Explain what that is. Explain what six year free agency is. You get drafted, you are under club control for six years. As a like a as like you get drafted as a rookie. You get drafted, you make it to the major leagues as soon as your player clock starts. Um, meaning when you get into the major leagues for the first time, uh, you your clock starts on how long it is till you reach free agency. Got it. Okay. That doesn't count like times in the mine. That doesn't count time in the minors. Correct. Okay. And right now it's like six years. Wow. That includes like arbitration and things like that. So you're, you're like, once you, once a guy is drafted, like, let's just say, yeah, once a guy is drafted and he, you know, let's say the, the Astros drafts a guy, they call him right up, um, you know, midway through the season, his, 
like you said, clock starts the day he's called up. And so from that time, he's under contract with the Astros for six years. And so he becomes a, a free agent after that. Correct. Now there's some stipulations on that based on uh, playing time, how many games, things like that, to where if you come up during a certain time of the season, that that first year that you're up there, like if you're up there from like July to the end of the season, that doesn't count towards your six years. And that's kind of where the super two eligibility comes into. Um, because if, if players hold back players in the minor if the teams hold back players in the minors for a certain amount of time and then bring them up, they get an extra year of eligibility. And that's one thing the players hate because they're really? being held back strictly for money reasons, strictly for clubs to be able to hold them on longer. Wait, so, but players still get paid when they get sent down though, right? Players still get paid in the minor leagues, but by, by pushing back their free agency one extra year, that's potentially costing these players tens of millions of dollars. If they are very good players, yeah, you're you're talking an extra year of free agency that they could be making these thirty million dollar contracts. But if Is the that... team holds them back till July and they get an extra year of of uh, team control, of then you lose out on a year of your prime that you could be making. 30 million plus a year. Is that including, is that including, uh, sorry, rehab assignments? Yeah. But it does? Really? So like, wait, oh, you're just saying like if they come up in the middle of the season, get hurt and go down for rehab? Yeah. Yeah. So you still need those, those bats in the major leagues to count. Wow. That's, I did not know that. So, okay. So I'm trying to understand this. In other words, like if you, if you get called up, Let's say you get called up midway through the season. Let's you get called up June. Usually, it's uh, usually a season starts April, May. Um, you get called up June, sometime, and then you get sent back down for whatever it may be, rehab stint, or just you got to go back down. So, in other words, that time doesn't count towards obviously your major league time, and so it that costs you money in the long run. Is that what you're saying? It could in the long run, yes. Oh, interesting. I did not. Okay. I didn't know how all that worked. Yeah. And I may be missing a few key points on that because I'm, I know some of it. I'm not, I don't know all the legalese behind it. Right. And I'm not asking you to. (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of different moving factors in when that super two status takes effect. It's not a certain end date here, you know? It's gotcha. dependent on a lot of different factors. And I think a lot of it is uh, average service time of the rookies, uh, the of the new players called up. and So in other uh, words, like for average bats taken by players throughout the years or something like that, it, it's a lot of moving factors that you really don't know until you get toward the end of the season. Gotcha. So in other words, like, and I'm still trying to understand this, so forgive me for keep, for keep asking, but – so, like, in other words, you get called up in June. You get you get sent down for, let's just say, a month. You get sent down for a month, and you come back up July or August. So that whole month basically gets taken away from your service time, and that delays your six years. So, in other words, like, like once your clock starts with the MLB, with your major league club, 
your clock starts, but it also stops when you get set back down. And that time in the minors, whether it's rehab stint or not, that doesn't count towards your six years with the club. And so, in other words, it delays it. Now, the way you're saying that actually does make me think with the rehab assignment, no, that wouldn't. But if you just got sent down to get sent down, then yeah, it would it wouldn't count against, right? Or so it wouldn't count toward. If it wouldn't. In other words, like so, you're just kind of you're delaying your six years. So ultimately, Correct. like so, yeah, like if you go if you get injured and then you do a rehab assignment, then um, those at bats in the minor leagues aren't going to count towards your major league service time. But I don't. And it's only a tricky one. And That's it's only one. It's only playing time that counts as the way you're saying this because it's only playing time that counts as service time, right? Like you have, yeah. like, yeah. um, like it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like looking at the rookie of the year uh, voting. You have to have a certain amount of, of at bats to qualify to be eligible for as a rookie of the year, or to even just to lose your eligibility as a rookie. Um, it's kind of the same thing, but it's a little bit more extended, a little bit further out so service time is only counted as actual playing time it's not counted as time spent on the bench like it's not counted as like time Uh, that time spent on a major league roster time spent on a major league roster yeah but you need that i do think a bats come into play some of it but i don't know i'd really have to look into a lot of it but if there are factors of just being on the on the major league roster that count toward it too okay that's interesting man because i i mean the furthest i knew about it or the furthest i knew about any of this really was that like as in regards to player salaries and by the way like speaking of some of the Sam jackson's like out, that are mm-hmm. coming out mm-hmm. which alex made a, big, a good point in our text that you know are these massive contracts kind of hurting us in the long run i mean these guys got to get paid, <laughs> you know, like they're not going to be happy unless they don't get paid this, these massive amounts of deals that they're getting. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Sorry. But anyway, no. Okay. So my understanding of like a salary was for, you know, for the casual fan out there that's listening to us that says, man, baseball players make stupid money. Yes, they make stupid money, but they make stupid money during the regular season, like during the actual time that they're playing. During the winter, like after the World Series is done or after their really after their season is done, whether they make the playoffs or not, um, they're not getting paid. Like that, well, if they make the if they make the playoffs, they get bonuses based on the league and where they finish. In the, no, in but the I yeah, ob- yeah, obviously, like if a team makes the playoff, you know, guys are getting paid in the playoffs, but like. A team's a team season that ends and doesn't make the playoffs, they're not getting paid. Yeah, a, a guy's pretty much not getting paid all offseason. So yes, you're making stupid money, but you're only making stupid money during the period of when the season is actually playing, which I find is just really interesting. But yeah, any other yeah. thoughts on the this whole ordeal? <laughs> How long do you think it lasts, man? I think things are really going to take effect and really start moving probably beginning of February. 
beginning of February? I don't think we're either that or the end of January. I don't think they feel like there's a lot of urgency right now. And it seems like they always kind of move things right at the last second. Yeah. Uh, and in reality, we have about three months. Yeah. Until it's like, okay, we got to get something done because pitchers and catchers will report uh, like the third week of February. Yeah. So, I mean, we got some time, but I don't think we're going to see things really start moving until the end of January, beginning of February. And then I think things are really going to be crunched at mid-February. Because during the lockout, do the winter meetings even happen at all either? Or is that all done as well? Oh, that's still done. In fact, they just did the Rule 5 draft. So the winter meetings are still getting done. You can still do the Rule 5 draft. But um, when it comes to all the major league players, they're under the uh, – the players association, no trades are getting done. No signings are getting done. You're not even allowed to talk about it. Yeah. So speaking of trades, man, I just want to mention <clears throat> our Rangers. Um, I should say Alex, Alex's and I's Rangers made some pretty massive moves very early on um, signing Cody Bellinger, who is no longer a Dodger, obviously. And they went out and Corey Mark- Seager. Corey Seager. Sorry, Corey Seager. Thank you for the correction. Thank you. Not Cody Bellinger. Bellinger is still under contract with the Dodgers. I was like, what? 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 Like, what? When did this happen? Corey Seager. Thank you, sir. Corey Seager. That's how tired I am. Um, He signed a 10-year deal worth, I don't know how many millions, but it's a lot of money. Um, And also... 300 and... Where'd he go? It was 300-something. 300 300-something, 300 right? Sounds right. They also went out and got Marcus Simeon, who was the uh, shortstop for the Oakland, Oakland – no, Blue Jays, sorry, this past season. 325. 325, thank you. 325. Thank you. And I, then, yeah, you mentioned Simeon. They signed Simeon for six seven right? years. Seven years. Seven years, 175. There we go. That's going to be a deadly combo up the middle right there. You got a shortstop and second baseman come in right there. Well, actually, they're both shortstops, so one of them is going to move over. Well, Simeon was playing second base this past season, I think. And I oh, think that's where they're going to keep him. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see what they do with uh, Kiner Falefa, whether they move him to third or uh, Josh. We also got Josh Jung, who is a pretty good prospect coming up. I'm curious to see if they, if they move him up, uh, if we at all play the season. Um, I'm long... once uh, Jung is ready to go, that Kiner Falefa makes really good trade bait. Yeah, he does. Yeah, unfortunately, he does. Um, because I don't think you're going to keep him on your bench. He's too good for that. Yeah, no, you can go. You can go and get a piece for him. Go, and, go get a pitcher for him at least. Well, I'd say we hope for the best because, like you said, I mean things weren't looking great last season when we were going into last season. And it wasn't even because of the pandemic. But like you said, as you get closer to February and as you get closer to the season starting, guys start to get a sense of urgency. You know, they get out there on social media and they say, tell us, you know, tell us what we're doing because we want to report. So I don't think we're in too much of I mean, obviously, we're in we're in trouble right now because we're not we're in a lockout and nothing, you know, no progress is going to be made. But. I wouldn't worry too much about like I'm not worried too much about it because eventually 
things are going to have to get done. Guys want to get paid. Owners want to get, you know, owners want to make money. The only way to make money is to, is to play baseball. That's the only way to make money here. So yeah. you just, have, you have to come to an agreement and figure things out, which I think they will. How long that takes. We don't know. Um, I don't think it'll take very long though. I think worst case scenario, I think we're, we're, we're looking at a couple of weeks without baseball really towards the, towards the beginning of the season. But then they figure out some things, and then hopefully we start June, you know? Yeah, I can see it get pushed back a little bit. You know? I think it will. Definitely. I think I honestly think it will. Like, it's just the way things are sounding. It's not going to come to agreement, like, you know, right away. There's going to be push. There's going to be pushback. There's probably going to be – I mean, how many – how many trans? I say transactions, but how many meetings were there last offseason where – you know, they went to each other and, and you know, how many uh, counter offers, I guess what is, yeah, counter offers were there last season. There's going to be multiple counter offers going on. Yeah, it's going to be quite a, it's going to be a while before we land on an agreement. So ultimately, though, I'm not too worried. Something, a deal will get done. We'll just have to play it out and wait. So, yes, sir. Uh, we're going to wait to talk about everything else until Alex gets back next week. Um, but till then, be good to yourself and be good to each other out there. Um, we didn't do favorite things, but my favorite thing, I guess, would be ETSA having a successful season and getting to play in a bowl game. Chance to go 13 and two. No, 13 and one. Sorry, 13 and one. Um, so hopefully they can cap off this pretty good season. They're, I'm not going to say pretty good, it's special season. They're, they're a bad game away from a perfect season, which is just mind blowing. But yeah. You got, you yeah, got one, Kev? That's a good one. UTSA winning their first conference championship. Yes. And... Yeah. Conference champs. Yeah. Um, receiving a lot of accolades as well. Coach, uh, Coach Trailer got Coach of the Year for, I believe, this uh, Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Frank Harris got Offensive Player of the Year for either – it was either Dave Campbell's Texas football or Conference USA – and then uh, sincere, it was one of the two. So sincere, the running back, sincere McCormick and Frank Harris, uh, the quarterback, they got offensive players of the year for for those awards for uh, CUSA and Dave Campbell's. I just, I can't remember, I can't remember which one got which. But anyways, yeah, very proud. I'm a very proud alumni this season. Um, I, I'm always a proud alumni, but I mean, especially this season. These guys have been fun to watch. I'm curious to see who comes back for on those uh, super senior deal, super senior deals. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for the bowl game. See, because my whole goal this season for them, yes, sir. My whole goal this season for them was for them to win their first bowl game. They've been there that, you know, they just haven't won last year. Coach didn't even get to coach. So my, my whole goal was, Hey, make it to a bowl and win it, man. <clears throat> And they bowl game is going to be cherry on top of this season. So they have a good shot at it too. They're going to go up against San Diego State. Yeah, who just lost their uh, conference championship game. So yeah, yeah. So it'll be very interesting matchup. You got a favorite thing? No, that was it. They won the conference championship. (laughs) Hey, birds up, man! There you go. Sure. Yes, sir. All right. Continue to be good to yourself and be good to each other out there. We'll be back next week with Alex. Uh, Until then. Later. Peace and see you. Thank you, Kev. There you go.